Hey everyone, you're listening to But Why Though the Podcast, the podcast where Kate, Matt, and myself, Adrian, talk about the things people say matter and ask the question, but why though? Before we get started, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcast, or wherever you're listening to us on. It helps people find us, and it helps us find you. And if you want to support us a little more, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butwhythopc. As one of our lovely patrons, you get access to episodes early, along with show notes, but why those swag, and personalized content. But really, we're just happy you're here. Enjoy the show, and welcome to the familiar. And today we are doing our first revisit episode because we know that the worlds that we've been covering are extremely vast and we want to give them all the attention that they deserve. So with Battle for Azeroth coming out, we're covering WoW again. As always, I'm your host Kate and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And the WoW Blizzard Encyclopedia himself, Elvis. How's it going? You want to tell everybody else what else you do? Um, I work for Stack Up. It's a uh, 501c3 nonprofit veteran. I'm sure you've heard me on several of these podcasts before. Uh, I'm a program director for suicide prevention and mental health, and we use video games as a way to help provide therapy, care, camaraderie, socialization, and so on. Uh, so I apologize today. This is probably going to have quite a few sniffles in it, and it's not me yelling at Matt before we start recording. Um, but I'm feeling kind of really sick, and we're also recording in a hotel room at QuakeCon. So, yeah, things. Uh, Adrian will be leading us through as our resident wower. Do I call, can I call you a wower? Uh, sh- sure. Uh, <laughs> I like uh, a wowser. A wowser. Cooler. A wowser. I, I don't know why that sounds better in my head, but can, you know, like because a bowser maybe. Yeah. Adrian, lead us through. All right, uh, so we'll start with a question. Um, I'm also kind of sort of assuming that you've listened to episode 31, our World of Warcraft episode. We'll be doing kind of like a brief like history refresher, but we're going to be really focused on lore today, so I'm just going to assume that you know like the playstyle mechanics, the races, and you know various other things. So for our question today, if you could be any race in the world of Warcraft, what would you be? I would be a gnome. I only play gnomes. I like gnomes. <laughs> he would be an angry ankle biter. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> he was complaining earlier today about not being able to type gnomish in the chat. <laughs> the, knee, the kneecap basher. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Kate? I am currently playing, is it pronounced Draenei? Draenei. Draenei. Okay. Yeah, I'm currently playing a Draenei Pally, and I would be a Draenei because they're really pretty. As long as you're the girl. If you're the dude one, it looks really weird. I don't know how they're that different in size. AKA Russian space goats. I'm I'm fine with that, honestly. (laughs) I'm fine with that. Alien communist. I'll fight a bear while blue and looking pretty. 
What about you, Elvis? Probably a night elf. That was actually one of my first characters the whole way through. Plus, they have a whole lot of history behind them. Uh, between immortality to controlling the afterlife and nature and so on. So what's the difference between her blue and your blue? I'm the original blue. That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> Although we're more of a royal purple. Oh my god. Yeah, us gnomes just know that you're blue people on an island. Drain eyes are blue because they keep dying at every planet they go to. Aww. Wait, uh, did I pick a race that's like. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to talk about shit? it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, they run away a lot. Well, I guess not in this last expansion. They, they've kind of fucked shit up in the last expansion, but like, yeah. Um, and I guess for me, um, I mean, like, in my heart of hearts, I think I'd want to be a Torin just because I think Torin are cool and I like Thunderbluff a whole lot. Um, I hate Thunderbluff. This is the like time to talk, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, you're a gnome. You don't even have a city. You share a city. <laughs> your city got overrun by lepers. trolls. <laughs> your your whole city is gone by lepers. That's leper gnomes. Yeah. Leper gnomes that are like level twenty and like thirty. They're evil people. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that fell a little short. <laughs> <laughs> How many dad joke puns are we gonna get this episode? Um, I don't know. <laughs> we should start a counter. <laughs> if you're at home and not driving or at work, only if you're at home, take a drink every time Elvis has a dad joke pun. <laughs> I pray for your liver. <laughs> drink responsibly. All right, so uh, we'll, we'll just jump right into kind of like the overview, overview slash like history refresher of the world of Warcraft, and then we'll get into some lore stuff. Because, or we'll get into like the changes from our last episode last year, and that because there have been like a lot of changes since we recorded this episode for episode thirty-one, and then we'll get into some lore and some cinematic stuff and all that cool stuff. I'm sure Kate will ask lots of questions, and as will Matt, and I will defer to Elvis as much as I can. Oh, um, for... Adrian, didn't what didn't the last episode end with you begging Matt and me to play World of Warcraft, and Matt saying I will never come back? Do you want to update the listeners? Uh, yeah, they're both playing again, and it is great. <laughs> and Matt is a gnome again, which is nice, because we did go back to the Alliance. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> this just means I can't give you that Alliance mug that Matt accidentally bought for your birthday I know, anymore. right? That's kind of like, like the worst part about this, but it's okay. <laughs> as long as Matt's playing um, a gnome warlock again, that's all is right in the world of Warcraft. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so um, World of Warcraft is a subscription-based MMORPG, massively multiplayer online role-playing game um, that is based on the real-time strategy game series Warcraft. Um, for those who don't know, Warcraft was a pretty big RTS. I mean, I remember, like, I know um, I played Reigns of Chaos and Frozen Thome before I played the, um, the other two, but there are... Um, Four total. So there's Warcraft, Orcs and Humans in 1994, Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness in 1995, Warcraft 3, Reigns of Chaos in 2002, and the kind of like sequel to Warcraft 3, Warcraft 3, The Frozen Throne, which is probably arguably the best one. Um, it was my favorite, and it's kind of like one that's most relevant to the World of Warcraft video game that came out in 2004. And takes place about four to five years after the events of Warcraft, the Frozen Throne. 
so the game is kind of like mainly set in Azeroth, um, which is a fantasy world with like orcs, trolls, dwarfs, gnomes, dragons, werewolves, zombies. Uh, basically, anything you can think of, this game kind of has it has that fantasy element. But we've also like been to other worlds and other timelines and all kinds of crazy stuff that we can kind of talk about when we get through the lore. But the main place is Azeroth. Um, it is a two-faction MMO with the Alliance, the humans, night elves, gnomes, dwarves, Draenei, worgen, which are basically werewolves, and the Pandarian, which are uh, kung fu pandas. <laughs> um, the horde consists of orcs, undead, tauren, trolls, goblins, blood elves, and Pandarians. Pandarians are neutral until they choose where they want to go. Um, and the greatest things about the Pandarian is that, like, they... I remember, like, when people were so upset that they were entered into the game, but they've kind of been in the game for, like, ever since, like, the Warcraft days, so I don't understand why people were so upset that they were in the game. Um, the bear people in Ashenvale, like, weren't enough bear things. I don't know. Like, there's just, like, such weird stuff in the game. Like, can you really be that surprised that other stuff gets thrown into this game? Um, I have my first question, though. Yes. What's the lore, I guess, like, what is... Why is it that Pandarians or Pandarans can choose their faction and aren't locked into one. Like, what's the lore behind that? Elvis? So, the entire uh, continent, Pandaria, was hidden by these mists, and upon discovering it during that expansion, Mist and Pandaria, right after uh, Cataclysm ended, the Horde and Alliance kind of crash-landed on their hidden island by accident, and the Pandarian have no real conflict with the Alliance or the Horde. Um, so they kind of follow their heart and essentially their, their jiggly gut <laughs> and make a choice, you know, which path they choose to follow. Uh, so that's pretty much how the lore kind of led into it. The okay. same thing with uh, Death Knights and Demon Hunters. Uh, the same thing. They're able to... Granted, with Death Knight, you can pretty much play any race. Um, but some are locked out of it, as well as uh, Demon Hunters. And those are classes, right? Yeah. Um, but they're kind of a race. And it's, yeah. a, it's a weird kind of... They're called a hero class, is what they are. Mm. And with Demon Hunters, you can only either be a Night Elf or a Blood Elf. Oh. But so either way, you choose your faction. So then how do we get to the point where Paladins can be... Because Paladins can be on both sides now, right? Yes. Along with Shamans, which is, they were not at the beginning. True. During the very initial setup, you know, Vanilla WoW back in the day. Back the only in one that matters, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> this again. Uh, back in the day, um, humans created paladins. They, they created, they had a, the, the warriors in plate, and they had the priests, and they found a way to essentially infuse a, a warrior with the light. And you had a paladin. And the Tauren and Orcs were very close and in tune with nature. Uh, I think natives, for example. So shamanistic traditions kind of crept in with it. Uh, the oldest race on Azeroth are actually trolls. Like night elves, blood elves, all that evolved from trolls over the history. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I do like the way the trolls look. So why do we have alliance shamans then? Uh, that's just a, a game change. Because not everybody wanted to play a horde but have to be a shaman. That was one of the things I actually really liked, though, that the fact that, he, that they had their unique, I guess, classes and, like, races. Yeah, but as the population grew, business growing, I know. 
Yeah. We're talking about Lord when, Day, not when, business when is old? I would like the listeners at home to take a bet on at what minute Old Man Matt comes out. He's already here. He has. <laughs> yeah, he's already here. What, you had to make a decision? You couldn't just have everything? Your cake you ate it, too? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we've mentioned a, a few different expansions. So since 2004, the World of Warcraft has had um, a few different expansions, and we'll go through them real quick. So the Burning Crusade in 2007, which is my personal favorite expansion, um, Wrath of the Lich King in 2008, Cataclysm in 2010, Mesa Pandaria in 2012, Warlords of Draenor in 2014, Legion in 2016, and by the time you listen to this episode, uh, Battle of Azeroth should be out. Um... Yeah, so with each expansion comes, like, a big kind of jump in the lore, which we'll kind of get into as we go through it, and we'll kind of pinpoint, like, what part spawns, like, what part of the of the lore, because we're going to go back, and then we're going to kind of catch up to where we're at now. Um, but since our last recording, some kind of big things have happened in the World of Warcraft for Battle of Azeroth, and we'll kind of go through those here real quick. So we got some new races coming out. Or we have some new races that have come out and that will be coming out in Battle of Azeroth. So the Alliance have added the Light Force Draenei, who are basically like glowy um, Draenei, which is pretty cool. I um, want to be that. Yeah, it'll take you a long time to get to that, Kate. We have uh, Void Elves, which are both out now that are unlocked through reputation and kind of like long grinds and quest chains. We have Dark Iron Dwarves and the uh, Coltaran Humans who will both be out in Battles of Azeroth. Uh, Dark Iron Dwarves are like literally with their name and tails. If you remember um, going through um, Uldar um, or Uldaman, like those are a lot of Dark Iron Dwarves in there. And then the new human race is basically like big fat humans, which is big fat humans. Yeah, the different. Dark Iron Dwarves we fought a lot in Vanilla Wild and uh, Blackrock Spire, Blackrock Depths. Uh, they helped bring about uh, bring about Ragnaros, the Fire Lord, and the Kiltron humans. Uh, they're actually Jane of Proudmoore, the big powerful mage from all the yeah. expansions. Those are her people. She's actually a princess, uh, but she left to go train under the Magi. So, with them moving and staying away from all the action of the alliance and the war and pretty much doing their own, their navy is compared to no other. Um, and they're used to hunting monsters, so those people kind of have evolved a little bit, yeah. and they're actually much bigger and sturdier type of people. Like That's the cool. the image that you have of Popeye, like these big burly sailors. That's what they are. That's pretty cool. Even the women. That's really cool. I like that because it, it. I was picking up my, my my class. I was like, why are the women so teeny tiny compared to how like bulky the dudes are? I like that. They're like an island full of Zaras. That's awesome. And rags the card and hurts them and yells, die insect. I know, and Jaina Proudmore is the mage that you play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I knew. But only because of Hearthstone. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but they can only be... Are they only druids in, in the expansion so far, right? Who's that? Uh, the humans? Yeah. I don't think so. I think they you should be able to play like warriors and, and other human-type classes like that. Uh, but I don't know enough about them yet. Because right now, the yeah, ones that are out are the Void Elves and Lightboard Draenei. Yeah, so a lot of us 
stuff have come out for them, but all we really know is that their druid forms are pretty dope looking. Like they're like different than anything that we've had before, um, and they look cool. Like I really hope they can be warlocks because I want to roll uh, my warlock into one because they're big. Like <laughs> um, and then we have the horde allied races are the high mountain Torin, the nightborn, which are both out now, and then we have um, the Zandalari trolls. And uh, the Maghar Oryx will be also be available in Battle for Azeroth through questing or reputation things uh, in Battle of Azeroth. So four new races have been added since the last time we spoke. And they're not kind of given to you. You kind of have to work a little bit to unlock these ones. It's not like when the Blood Elves and the Draenei came out where you could just pick them. You had to kind of work a little bit for, you have to work a little bit for them. And the Nightborn are who? They're... Are they just like their own race, or are they like one of those like added on? Things? Yeah, well, they they're are... in. Yeah, go for it. They are a branch of night elves. Actually. Oh. Okay. So you have um, night elves were the original race of elves, and the holy version, the holy and thou version, like, these are my race kind of people, became the nightborn. The blood elves broke away from the night elves after the moon well was destroyed, mm-hmm. and they drew their power from uh, the sun well. Which is why their race changed from like the bright sunnier look to them, because they draw the power from the sun well. While okay. night elves are draw the power from the darkness, from the moon, so the moon wells. Yeah. Okay. And once again, elves are racist. Yeah, yeah you're and right. Kilturans are just druids. That's cool. Yeah. Is and then the void like elves. The sea? I would assume so. And then the void elves are. Um, they draw their power from the void, which we'll talk about a little bit later on during like the lore and stuff. But they're like, they kind of look like uh, cracked out night elves, basically. <laughs> it's like the best way I can explain how they look. And the very first void elf has a very important role with Sylvanas, the void leader. Yeah, they're they're related. They're sisters. And Sylvanas, just to make sure I'm clear, is a really badass person from the... She is now the Banshee Queen. So yeah, the one that we saw at PAX East where I was like, holy crap, this is really cool. Oh yeah, yeah, the Battle okay. Browser off yeah. uh, trailer. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, she's a terrible person. I hate her. She looks so awesome, and I love her. She's extremely powerful, but she has a very tragic story. Uh, Alright, so... Um, another thing that was added is scaling zones, and this is I'm mainly putting this in for like if you're like, oh, 120... I don't want to go through leveling on through 120 levels in Battle of Azeroth. It's a little bit easier than it it was last year at this time. So the scaling zones, basically after the starting zones, most of the zones are going to scale one through 60, which kind of lets you quest at your own leisure and kind of do the dungeon finder stuff like that. So you're not rushed to kind of move out of zones. Um, I don't know how it's been affecting you two, uh, Matt and Kate, since you guys are kind of going through it right now, but I know when I was doing it, it kind of felt a lot less pressure to kind of finish off zones and kind of be a completionist and kind of just like let me go through the motions. Uh, so another big change is how they did the server. So in our last recording, there was multiple kinds of servers. So there was PVE servers and player versus player servers where you can also play PVE. There's were role-playing servers. There were role-playing PvP servers. Um, but now there's just normal servers and role-playing servers. So essentially what happens is you can opt into doing world PvP um, with war mode. And doing war mode gives you benefits like 10% increased XP and kind of lets, uh, and reputation um, and quest gains and things like that. But it also like lets you fight Horde or Alliance depending on what side you're on. So the... 
PvP aspect is a lot more balanced than it used to be. Because I remember being on servers like where we were just kind of overrun by the opposite faction. And then you couldn't really do anything without getting just wrecked by people. But uh, from my experience playing in the war mode, it's definitely a lot more balanced now than it used to be back in the day. Um, another big thing is that there's a big-ass sword sticking out of the world right now. Um from the events of the last raid, which we'll kind of get to in the end of our lore as we kind of wrap it back to present day. And the other big thing is that the Alliance or Horde are fighting again. Um, as the name Battle for Azeroth, or Battle for Azeroth kind of lets you know that the Horde and the Alliance are back at it. Once again, because they can never just be nice to each other. Mainly because Sylvanas is a terrible person, but you know, we'll get into that. <laughs> Any rebuttal right. for that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so um, I tried to kind of find like the most kind of condensed version of like the history of the World of Warcraft. If there's like any questions you have, um, ask and I'm sure um, myself or Elvis will be able to kind of fill in the gaps. But there's like a lot of history, like a lot, a lot, a lot of history for the game. So in my opinion, everything kind of starts... 25,000 years ago from, like, the current events of the game with the Dark Titan Sargeras, who basically betrayed the Titans when he found out that there was a plot um, from the Void Lords, from the Void, to kind of basically poison the worlds that created the Titans and basically, like, take out the Titans. Um, to kind of avoid this, he basically just wanted to, like, purge all life. So he was, like, Thanos, but instead of 50%, he was, like, 100%. <laughs> And he was just like, kill everything, and then we don't have to worry about anything. And the Pantheon was like, the Pantheon of Titans were like, nah, we don't want to do that. And then he basically got pissed and left, and then got a bunch of demons and fought the Pantheon of Titans to kind of help his plan of basically killing everything come to fruition. So Titans are essentially gods, like these cosmic beings that are so powerful that they're considered gods in the game. So they have been around for basically since the creation of time, and they walk the universe shaping planets, shaping worlds. Their spirits are called world souls that live in the center of planets. This is important because during Sargeras' betrayal versus the Pantheon of Titans, he's told that the world soul of Azeroth, the planet that we are all playing on, would one day be powerful enough to defeat the Void. Um, so hey, he's like, hey, don't kill everybody. Like There's going to be another Titan, another power to stop the things you're worried about. Um, Sargeras said fuck it and killed everybody anyway uh, or like imprisoned everybody anyway was like alright I'm out um, after he kind of overthrew the pantheon of titans he needed to replenish, replenish his forces so he found um, these Iridar um, who you might recognize by name so we have Velen Kill Jaden and Archimon so Velen is the current leader of um, the Draenei in our timeline if he rings a bell, he's, like, the big guy who holds, like, the big staff with, like, you know, that goes into, like, a... His staff is super dope. I want his staff. Um, and they were on a planet called Argus that basically the events of Legion has been taking place on for the last two years. Um, so Sargeras came to them and was like, hey, you can bring peace and power. I can promise you all this stuff. It's going to be lovely and golden. And Velen was like, nah, I can see the future, bro. Um, this is not how it's going to go down. But Kil'jaeden and Archimon said, now nah, we want that power. So basically, they get corrupted and Kil'jaeden becomes basically the kind of the recruiter of like hunt, finding dark races and kind of 
bringing them towards the Burning Legion. And then Archimon is basically like the general and goes out and just kills anything that kind of fights against the Dark Titan, Sargeras's kind of wishes and things like that. Um, and this is where we kind of get into the dark history of the Jirnai and kind of like how they can't find any happiness in the world. Um, Velen basically takes off in a spaceship, transdimensional kind of spaceship thing, and he bounces around a whole bunch and eventually gets to Azeroth, but that's, like, after he kind of goes to Draenor and then, like, gets persecuted by orcs and, like, all this other kinds of stuff that's really messed up. Uh, yeah. So Draenei aren't from Azeroth? No, they're from Argus. Uh... Spent some time in Draenor. Yeah, they're, they're came to Azeroth. They bounced around for thousands of years until they landed on Draenor. Uh, when they landed on Draenor, the orcs were kind of peaceful with them, let them alone. They even traded, uh, but they let each other alone. Um, the Naru followed them around. So what happened was the, one of the Naru, the holy being of the light, actually approached um, Velen back on Argus to warn him of what was going on between Kil'jaeden, uh, Sargeras, and Argamon. So Kiljaden, or not Kiljaden, I'm oh, sorry, Velen heeded that warning of the, uh, of the Naru, gathered people up and left. So when they left, they bounced around and Sargeras, Kiljaden, and Archimon were tracking them down from planet to planet for thousands of years. So Velen's is thousands of years old. Yeah. Um, so when they made it to Draenor, things were very peaceful among everybody. But rather than another full-on assault, uh, Jaden decided to slowly corrupt the orcs. Mind games. Instead of Jaden sending demons in to invade the planet, he'll slowly start messing with the orcs instead. Because he noticed the orcs are very powerful creatures on their own right. The Naru, there's a very holy site in Draenor. Um, and what helped kick this off is, so the orcs are very old school, very traditional. They believe in their ancestors and trust and all that kind of stuff. The Naru can help reveal some of their ancestors' spirits and things like that. So where one of the ships crash landed, there was a Naru in the ship. So the orc ancestors would come by, or the orcs would come by and celebrate their ancestors with their spirits and stuff like that. When Velen approached one of the leaders of the orcs and told them that they had different tribes, they don't always get along. Yeah. Um, they said, hey, this is also a Naru. This is who he is. They got offended. That's when Kil'jaeden noticed there's a essentially a chink in their friendly armor yeah. and slowly started to corrupt their mind. Like, hey, the drain are going to start doing this to you. They're taking your food. They're going to, you know, destroy your ancestors kind of thing. Um, and the orcs didn't like that. Then there was this um, gigantic uh, butthole of an orc called Nerzul. He was also a necromancer who eventually became one of the first warlocks who was eventually corrupted by the fell power and everything else, um, which actually will take place and involve the Lich King oh. later on. All this isn't tied to each other. Um, Sargeras and this whole fell thing, um, the void, the darkness, the void, the old gods, which we haven't mentioned yet, which are part of what's pissed off Sargeras and everything else. Um, essentially, he went on this full-on righteous crusade to purge everything of the void didn't matter what it was uh, not every planet has a soul of a titan in it the titans themselves don't know which planet do until they get near it but the void can actually 
uh, pick up on the souls and where they're located at. So for millennia, they were going around from planet to planet, destroying all life on it. Um, when the Titans discovered stuff on Azeroth, the, the world soul in Azeroth, the, there were three old gods already attacking it. Um, and the Titans tried to, Amundul was one of them, he ripped an old god from the planet itself, but he noticed if he was going to continue doing so, he was going to destroy the planet altogether. So they actually imprisoned him. Um, all this eventually leads down the road to current, present day, uh, including things on Draenor, which are in an alternate universe. Wait, what? Yeah. So, like, while all that stuff's going on, on Azeroth, and Albus has mentioned a little bit about this, about, like, the Well of Eternity and things like that, you have the War of the Ancients about 10,000 years ago. So an ancient race an ancient race called the Night Elves, as uh, Elvis mentioned, recklessly pursue the use of arcane magic and manipulate the powers of the Well of Eternity. The efforts catch the attention of Sargeras, the Fallen Titan. War erupts between the Night Elves and the demonic cords of Sargeras's Burning Legion. The Well of Eternity is destroyed, and the Great Sundering splits the continent of Kalandor, which um, essentially, so like, if you're ever like wondering like why like the world is split the way it is, it's basically because of this event, um, and then the World Tree of um, uh, Norgesil is created. Um, any any insight on that, Elvis? Or before Kay has a question, sorry. No, one, I see so many different links from different mythologies, which is cool. Um, but yeah. two, um, why are the Night Elves... So, okay, this might just be being stupid, but aren't, like, the Alliance supposed to be the good guys and the Hordes be, like, the bad guys? Not necessarily. Because, like, the Night Elves sound like entire dicks. Like, well, this is like way before like the alliance people. ever forms. The horde, the orcs weren't even here yet. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Like I was saying, like this is like while this is going on on Azeroth, this is what's happening on Azeroth while all was, that stuff is going on on Draenor. Okay, so this is essentially just a certain point of view. This takes place. So okay. what happened was you had the Well of Eternity, which is a gigantic magical pool of energy of mana, essentially. Um, queen, the queen at the time of the Night Elves was Ashara, who. Is a complete asshole as well. <laughs> um, yeah, she sucks. Which she, she's actually making a big return. She had a return in Legion. She's making a huge return in Battle for Azeroth. She has her own Warbringer video coming up soon on YouTube, probably within the next couple of days, because Battle for Azeroth is about to release. Um, so that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, so they were very big into arcane energy, um, as well as... They're very big into druidic energy. The thing about the Night Elves I think you'll like are the fact that um, all their guards and sentinels and things like that, they're all women. That's cool. They train all the women to be either really big fighters or they choose to be a priestess. Yeah, so it's essentially like if you like ever go to, well, I guess you can't really go to Darnassus right now because it's kind of like in flames. But like if you ever go to like the Night Elf area, you'll see like all these um, chick Night Elves on Tiger. So it's essentially kind of like how... It's essentially kind of like how in Black Panther, um, you know, their oh, female the warriors are kind of, yeah, it's basically like that, but like for the Night Elves is like, oh. I think the easiest way to kind of, okay, so um, we'll go on. So we've talked a little bit about what's, what we're going to talk about next with like kind of like the, the high, the highborn elves kind of going into and transforming into like the blood elves, but about 600, uh, 6,800 years ago, um, 
Quelphalos is founded. So the highborn sorcerers of the Night Elf Society are banished from Kalimdor uh, for, you know, continuing to go after the arcane magic. The banished Night Elves arrive in the Eastern Kingdoms, transforming into High Elves. The High Elf Elf Kingdom of Quelphalos is founded, and then the High Elves use the vial of water from the Well of Eternity to create um, a new font of power, calling it the Sun Well. And then through kind of like the repeated use of the Sun Well, become the Blood Elves. And the Wait, leader of the Blood Elves basically becomes a dick later on, and we'll get into that <laughs> a little bit later. He does. Now, where they get the uh, the vials of, uh, from the Well of Eternity is actually from Illidan. So Illidan sold himself to the Legion to become the Merchant Demon Hunter, essentially. Uh, fell into Night Elf kind of thing. Um, but that came a little bit later on. He loved his people so much that he was willing to sacrifice everything. Before the Well of Eternity was destroyed completely, he took six vials of Well of Eternity water, essentially. Um, after the danger that they saw that happened with the uh, arcane magic from the Well of Eternity and all that, Malfurion, who was the brother of Illidan, decided no more arcane. It's just pure nature and druidic uh, from this point on, or, you know, priestess healing yeah. magic. Um, so when they landed to where they are now, their NASA's Teldrassil area, uh, they had to break away because over near Hydeal and all that other area, he dumped a vial into the water to turn it into another well of eternity. And they almost killed him on the spot. Uh, so as he was being carried away, one of the vials um, was dropped. And one of the people being banned also had a vial himself. Illidan was locked away in prison rather than being killed because he thought Furion's brother and Malfurion runs the Night Elves. Mm-hmm. Since Queen Ashara is no longer a Night Elf. But that's another story. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm learning so much. Are you? I am. And then I hear names like Malfurion. I'm like, where's the... Okay, context. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. I have like a picture in my head. Oh, there's a love triangle there too. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah alright so we'll move on to uh, the troll world troll wars which I'm not super versed on because I really don't care too much about the trolls but I'm sure because <laughs> uh, I'm just like still salty I never got my tiger from Zolgrub so like I started not caring about trolls <laughs> after um, the first expand after the first game after vanilla so at 2,800 years ago we have the troll wars the high elves of Quethelos fight a brutal conflict with the native Amani trolls of the region, the human tribes joined together to form the great nation of Arthor. Facing certain defeat, the High Elves ally themselves with the humans to combat the troll menace. Like, calling the troll menace is kind of messed up, because, like, they were kind of there just chilling. Like They were just there being trolls. Yeah, that, troll that's kind of messed band. up. Uh, <laughs> the High Elves teach select humans magic in exchange for their aid. The um, Amani trolls are defeated. Uh, <laughs> so... A little um, over 230 years ago, we have the War of the Three Hammers, and this involves the dwarves. So in the mountain peaks of Kazmodan, the dwarven, the dwarven High King Modus, Modus Anvilmar dies, and civil war erupts. So like just like how like lore happens with all dwarves, like these dwarves are like the same too. Like there's lots of infighting, like these dudes hardly ever get along. Um, so three dwarf clans fight the Bronzebeard, the Wildhammer, and the Dark Iron Dwarves, which we mentioned earlier as being a new allied race in Battle of Ezroth. Um, the Bronzebeard clan emerges the victor and takes control of the capital city of Ironforge. 
Um, and that was true for a while. Now there's like a kind of triumvirate of um, dwarves. Uh, Dark Iron Dwarf or Dwarf and a Gnome Brigon Gnome. So your gnomes do lead stuff, Matt, in the World of Warcraft <laughs> now. So this kind of brings it. I, I, I almost made a dwarf and I almost made a gnome, but I couldn't make them brown, so I didn't make either. You <laughs> live in the snow. I don't care. The dwarves and gnomes are actually ancient races from Titans. They're See? so tiny. Yeah. Especially him. They were all tiny engineers from Titans back in the day until they were cursed with the uh, curse of flesh. Hmm. So dwarves, Titans, and humans weren't even supposed to be fleshy. They were supposed to be made of nothing but stone. But they were created by Titans to help aid them in yeah. the battle and their uh, their protectors and generals. But the old guys found a weakness by cursing them with the curse of flesh. Hmm. We are smart little engineers. Oh my god, man. Yeah, here? so like the big thing was this is like one of the um, the main dwarves actually like turns in, like oh, we'll talk about the look later, like later on because uh, I'll get into a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> dwar- dwarves are basically cool, and I would make one if they weren't so short. Um... <laughs> So, basically, at the start of kind of what we know as more or less present day, like not like World of Warcraft vanilla present day, but kind of close to the start of that, we have the first war where Sargeras launches his uh, attack on Azeroth using the orcs from Draenor that were kind of corrupted by the fell. As his pawns, orc forces spill through the magical gateway called the Dark Portal, which links Azeroth to uh, Draenor. And then the orcs leave a swath of devastation in their wake. Um, so, like, this is kind of, sort of, like, this. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but, like, this is kind of, sort of, a little bit related. Yeah, I watched like it on HBO. It's on HBO right now. Oh, he's I need to go watch it again. Uh, but just, like, the orc parts. That's it. I love the movie. I know it's not fully taught to the story, but no real movie is. Yeah. Or anything. It was a really pretty movie. I just wish they would have with animation. They do instead of going full live action. Uh, so, according to BlizzCon last year, if they were to actually do a full-on animation movie like that, it would take them at least eight to nine years to do. They're on year fourteen. Which is like ironic because it took them eight or nine years to get Warcraft like gone. <laughs> and I remember them announcing. They could have done it. <laughs> and I remember them announcing the Warcraft movie at BlizzCon two. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I I also didn't know that Daniel Wu was in it. Yeah. He is. He's the troll, isn't he? The orc? The orc, yeah, not the troll. Yeah. The, the big orc. The I was like, there's trolls? I don't remember there being trolls in that movie. Not the troll, the orc. Yeah. The big toothy person. Okay. Why would it take eight years from the entire animated movie? Because animation's a lot of work. How to train your dragons. And How to Train Your Dragon's been in development three has been in development for about five years now. And have you seen the high quality work they do on just the short animes they do now? Did you, did you see Zappy Boy? God <laughs> damn, Zappy Boy looked good. It is school analysis on Zappy Boy. Um, okay, so year five we have the fall of Stormwind, and that is Stormwind from World of Warcraft, not Stormwind from Overwatch. Um so the kingdom of Sorin is unable to withstand the might of the Orcish Horde. King Lane, Lane Rin is assassinated, and the capital city Stormwind is raised. The, the survivors, including young Prince Varen Wren and Sir Anduin Lothar, flee to the north 
kingdom of Lordaeron. Um, Lothar tells King um, Menethil II of Stormwind's fall and the impeding orcish assault. They unite the human Sevi kingdoms and later the dwarves and the gnomes and the high elves and basically form the alliance of Lordaeron to, co- to combat the bloodthirsty forces of the Horde. So there's a lot of names here, but essentially like this is basically the first time the alliance comes together. And the Menethils are important because the Menethil family is what spawns Arthas and he becomes the Lich King. And um, the Wren family is basically who have been kings of Lord of Stormwind for a long time. Um, and he is Wren, the current king of Stormwind, is the priest guy who does all the stuff in the cinematics. That is um, Varian Wren's son. You remember in the movie um, that uh, Paula Patton's character? Yeah. You know, she'd actually have Draenei have work. Oh. A lot of people think she's half human, half orc. She's half. I thought she was half. half well, I guess I, I said half human because doesn't the movie call her half human, half orc? Uh, no, they don't really call her that. They assume that they play the story out that um, the Magi had an affair with the orc while he was over in Draenor uh-huh. for the portal thing. But in the actual lore, she's half Draenei, half orc. Oh. Um. So when she was being saved back in the day, Gul'dan, who is the big warlock, bad guy who we just can't kill forever, expansions until now, finally, in two different multiverses, but whatever. Can't just kill the warlock off, man. Um, so when he was raising her from when she was young, he actually put dark magic and fell magic in her mind to mind control her. Uh... So when... The humans actually caught her and showed her kindness and she did what she could. She was actually a very well-trained assassin. So when she was um, in King Lang's presence in the throne room, Gul'dan could see everything she was seeing and understand what she was saying and talking about. And he controlled her to assassinate King Rin in the throne room. So in the movie, they kind of like do this heroic, like you have to kill me, they'll yeah. save you, that kind of thing. No, in the actual story itself, she does it in the throne room because he's thinking that everything is okay. Uh, and yeah. she's crying and apologizing to him because she can't control herself. Yeah. And she kills him. But she ends up later on in the story, not that particular one, but current day. Yeah. She actually works for uh, a League of Assassins as an ally to us. That's cool. Yep. <laughs> Um, so a year later we have the, the start of the second war so after a brutal, uh, brutal and bloody fight the alliance of Lordaeron triumphs over the horde at Blackrock Spire Anduin Lothar is slain by the orc war chief Ogren Doomhammer who is also a dick um, General Terulian leads the forces of the alliance later after Lord Lothar's death and crushes the remnants of the horde armies the remaining orcs round up um, and are placed in internment camps and the dark portal is destroyed. So like when you're talking about like if the Alliance are good or not, they legit put orcs in internment camps after um, the second war for like a long time. That's fucked. Yeah. Also. Is it though? Yes. Well, I mean, they were attacked and they overran their city. They invaded Azeroth from a portal to destroy everybody. They, okay, the orcs did it for survival because drain orcs being destroyed. So all of the orcs that are there are ones who had attacked them. Uh, I mean, that's... Like, but then you have, like, Thrall, who's, like, raised in an internment camp. 
and he didn't he didn't do anything bad. He was just a dude who was just raised in a internment camp, okay. and like made to fight. My 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 thing is like there's like gray areas, and like the alliance aren't inherently yeah. good, and the horde aren't inherently bad. Is like my point. So except now, sense. like Sylvanas is a dick. Like there's the no rhyme or reason <laughs> what she's doing. So the orcs invasion was all about survival, uh-huh. um, but they don't know peace. They they just know what conquering war. That's the yeah. thing. They're Vikings essentially. Um, so Draenor was being destroyed by fell energy and fell magic, and it just pretty much ate up the whole world. So they had to flee Draenor to somewhere else. Well, Gul'dan was working on a bigger plan, and so was Kill Jaden and, and Archimandes Argarius, yeah. which is why they came to Azeroth specifically because of that world soul. So as they were invading, they were doing it. The orcs thought they were doing it for righteous cause for self-preservation. Gul'dan and Sargeras and everybody else had bigger plans. They were doing it to remove the uh, the night elves because by then the night elves had already destroyed Archimonde once before by using Wisp ten thousand years ago during the War of the Ancients. That's even sadder because it's like they were manipulated into doing. That's what I'm saying. Like they were like, like they were they were just, just chilling. Well, yeah, when you look at the big picture. But if you're in Stormwind, you just know a bunch of orcs come running at you and overthrow and start killing your city. That's like all of a sudden the Russians invading the U.S. because there's nothing left to live in Russia for. But you're, you're going to just let them go evil, back to Draenor and then still destroy the Dark Portal and been done with it. Yeah. And then they could have never come back. But you placed them in internment camps and made them fight in pits. Like Wait, thrall. What? Yeah. Uh, Gladiator status later. So we'll so we talk There's so, so I'll just talk, much. I'm like and and we're not even like partway through these modes, so I'll stop like asking questions and stuff. But like one Well Elvis Elvis really talked about it a little bit. So like what happens next, like basically Elvis is right. So we have Nerzul um doing like his thing and he talked a little bit about him earlier. Um and basically like Draenor blows up and becomes the Outland, which is like the world that we go to or like the realm that we go to in the Burning Crusade expansion. Um, so a little bit later on, the orcs held in the Alliance internment camps are freed by Ogren Doomhammer, Grom Hellscream, and Thrall. And Thrall later becomes the war chief of the orcs, but his story is that he was raised as a slave and gladiator. You actually play through kind of like his freeing story in one of the um, instances in World of Warcraft. So it's actually kind of really cool to kind of see like how he kind of got his stuff together and got out of the uh, slavery that the Alliance put him in. Um, okay, so now we have the third... He was helped by a human. Yeah, he was. Yeah, me. Me, I did that. He became a righteous leader of the Horde because he didn't view the humans as everyone being evil kind of thing. Yeah. Because he knew he realized there were good humans and there were bad humans. Also, yeah, so essentially, so essentially like how the incident goes, Kate, like if you're playing Horde, basically if you're playing like any race that wasn't in that in like that time frame, they basically like transform you into like a human um, and make you go like do the instance, which is kind of cool because it has like the, the, the time jump stuff instances. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, cool to go, go back like as a human and kind of go through that um, also, instance. like unrelated but kind of related, is Doom Family the same thing as Doom Fist? No. Okay. Um, so then we have basically the events of uh, Warcraft, the Frozen Throne, with the Third War, where the Burning Legion launches another assault again on Azeroth, but this time they oh. use the this time they use the Lich King 
Um, the purge of the undeath spreads throughout the kingdom of Lordaeron, resulting in the rise of the scourge in Lordaeron. Princess Arthas Menethil of the family that we talked about earlier from like kind of that original forming of the alliance uh, falls of the corruption, taking up the cursed rune blade Frostmore and the murdering of his king, uh, King Menethil II. The sun will is defiled and the demon Lord Archimon is summoned into Azeroth. Remember Archimon, that dickhead who, yeah. uh, who drank the Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> many survivors flee to Kalimdor and including humans led by Lady Jaina Proudmore and the orcs led by Thrall. Um, yeah, so like that's probably like one of like the best storylines I think of kind of like the fall of Arthas Menethil into uh, the Lich King, which is which is really really great. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. One of the best storylines, not just Lich King, just the whole story all together. Yeah. Warcraft from the throne to World of Warcraft, the return of Lich King, or Vindicator Lich King. Um, yeah, so like the events of him basically kind of like even have like ramifications like today, so. He kind of like, um, I mean, he's like the one who kills Sylvanas Windrunner and basically turns her into a banshee. Um, and like, she watches him raise her city and like kill her family and stuff. So he, he's kind of, uh, kind of a dick, kind of a dick. Okay. So, uh, Nazir really hit us up here. and all them. So they ripped his soul from his body and infused it into Frostmourne and to the helmet of the Lich King. Um, one of the planets that Sargeras took over was the planet of the Nathrazim, which are super powerful and super intelligent demons. Um, so during this time frame, he took the Nathrazim and planted them on Azrael to use it to begin start mind controlling, uh, working on a way to turn people into a lich, and so forth. And at that time, Nerzul still kind of controlled the dead at the time, uh, even though he was sitting in Nordrin as a weapon and helmet. Um, and Arthas was chasing the wrong person the entire time. He thought he had to chase down the Nathazine. He thought that was the only cause of it, um, which eventually led him to the helmet and to the sword of Frostmourne, which turns him into the Lich King eventually, and that whole story takes place. It's really sad. Um, essentially, Arthas was trapped inside his own mind. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's a really dark story. All of this is really dark. That's all I'm learning. <laughs> this is probably one of the darkest stories out there, though. Yeah, it's super dark. Like yeah. he goes into his his he goes into Lordaeron and straight up murders his dad. Like oh wow, yeah, After and then like burns the city to the ground. Um, and you can also play through like kind of like his fall also in instances where you kind of like go through like as he's trying to purge Lordaeron. It, it's it's really dark. It, it's super dark. Um, so. From this, we move on to the the Battle of Mount Hygel, which um, is basically um, so on Calendar the Orc establish a new home on Duratar, allying with the Dark Spear trolls, which is the trolls that we know today, and the Torin basically becoming the horde that we know that we know of. The survivors of Calendar are brought together by the Prophet Prophet Medivh, who we see in the Warcraft movie. He's really weird and that's a whole other thing about how weird that dude got, that guy is um and they unite against archimon's onslaught archimon is defeated at mount hygel but the world tree of nordrasil is badly damaged resulting in the night elves losing their immortality which is obviously obviously not good 
So then we have the rise of the Lich King. So Arthas Menethil travels to Northrend, former High Elf Ranger general turned Banshee, Sylvanas Rinrunner, who was um, killed by Arthas, which you see in the um, the Warbringer Sylvanas, or like kind of you, 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 you see you see that all this stuff happen. Um, have she takes control of Lord and the Forsaken and basically becomes their queen for a while. Um, our sent, uh, Arthas ascends the Ice Crown Glacier, shattering the Frozen Throne and taking his place as a Lich King. Basically, he puts on the helmet and kind of infuses with um, the kind of trapped, you know, essence that uh, that Elvis was mentioning. Well, I mean, I mean, I think the the biggest thing of Burning Crusade that happens towards the end of the the, the expansion is that the Blood Elf kind of ruler Kelthus Sunstrider of the Blood Elves allies with the Burning Legion. And tries to bring kill Jaden to Azeroth using the Sunwell. So basically, we have to go in there and like kick both of their asses uh, to prevent like this from happening. And they think that Illidan is actually controlling all this and trying to bring down the world and destroy everything. When again, it's just a, a mistaken. It's good in theory, but bad in practice. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah, Illidan is like not a bad dude. Like he was like yeah, he's. I mean, he's kind of like I don't know. He's. He's definitely like an anti-hero, if like they're ever like bad one. things from good intentions. Yeah, yeah. Like um, the means justify the ends. Yeah. So then we have the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, where basically the Lich King launches an assault on Azeroth, attacking Stormwind and Orgrimmar. Alliance and Horde forces have to join together and travel to Northwind to combat the Lich King. The Argent Crusade is established. The Death Knight defectors from the Lich King's armies form the Ebon Blade, aligning with either the Alliance or the Horde, which we kind of talked about earlier at the top of the episode. And then Garage Hellscream is sent to lead the Horde forces in Northrin, and eventually we beat Lich King um, on the on the throne. Well, which was a yeah. very, very, very fun fight, um, I think. I love that fight so much. Fun fact, in the new video, uh, Old Warrior, uh-huh. Sour Thing, you know, he's holding a son. Yeah. That was his son that died Aww. during the Battle of the King. So, yeah. Lich King thought it would be funny to turn Sourfang's son against him. Yeah, you have to fight Sourfang's uh, son in. Like, before you fight Lich King, you fight Sourfang's son. So, it's even sadder. So yeah, actually, it just keeps getting sadder. The animation. You want to know something that's, like, really, really interesting? And I, I think it's, like, this is like a good place to throw it in now that we're done talking about the Lich King. If you've ever seen the World of Warcraft or the Warcraft 3 cinematic where Arthas goes in there to kill his dad. Uh-huh. It is like shot for shot the scene where Anduin goes in there to kill Sylvanas. Oh. It's like really, really good um, storytelling and kind of throwing it back to like the old days. So like if you ever like watch, a, if you ever get a chance, I'm pretty sure yeah. we can find one if we put one in the show notes. Like the side side by side comparison. And like the cinematics were good even back then. So like that's kind of the power cool. oh, yeah, of the foresight. That's cool. Alright, so after the events of Northrend, um, we have the Cataclysm, which is a kind of literal and figurative, like, world-shattering event. Um, so Thrall steps down from his position as War Chief, War Chief and appoints Garage Hellscream as a new leader of the Horde. The former dragon aspect, Deathwing, bursts into Azeroth from the Elemental Plane, shattering the surface of the world as tensions between the Alliance and Horde continue to build. Like, this dude, like, literally bursts through the planet and like reshapes the world basically because he's so badass and huge and stuff like creates wow. hurricanes and earthquakes and all kinds of stuff basically he as he busts original, through yeah he was yeah. one of the original dragon aspects of earth oh. 
Yeah. Um, so at the same time, we have the Worgen of Gilneas, basically the, the werewolves, join the alliance, and the goblins of the Bilgewater cartel join the horde. The elemental lords Ragnaros and um, Alakir are slain, as well as uh, Chogal, the leader of the Twilight Cult. The dragon aspects expand their power to kill Deathwing at the end of the expansion and basically use up all their power and basically usher in the Age of the Mortals because basically at this point all of the immortals on Azeroth are no longer immortal. So the Age of Mortals begins. Uh, from Warlords of Draenor, or from um, Cataclysm, we move into Missa Pandaria. And we talked a little bit about the what happens in Mists of Pandaria. So we have an all-out war erupts between the Alliance of Horde, which happens like literally every single time an expansion <laughs> ends. Like these dudes just fight, but this time it happens because the War Chief Garage Hellscream, who is an orc, destroys the city of Theramore, um, which is where Jaina Proudmore called her home. Um, Archmage Ronan dies, and Lady Jaina Proudmore takes her place as the leader of the Carantor, which is basically the council of the most powerful mages in Azeroth. Um, Pandarian residents of the Wandering Isle ally both with the Alliance and the Horde as the continent of Pandaria is discovered completely by accident. The Shah on Pandaria is released and the Thunder King Lei Shin is resurrected. Garrosh orders the assassination of the Darkspear leader Vol'jin, the um, troll leader. Janeably forcibly removes the horde from Dalron, uh, throwing the magnocratic city-state support behind the alliance. Vol'jin begins the Darkspear Rebellion, pitting the horde against horde, and the alliance covertly assists the Darkspear rebels and the horde defeat Garage Hellscream. So basically what happens is Garage Hellscream like just loses his shit and starts like mana bombing everybody. Um, so the Horde and the Alliance come together again and basically lead a siege on Ogamar to overthrow Garrosh Hellscream. Yeah. So after, so spoiler alert, we do it. We overthrow Garrosh Hellscream <laughs> and in the, um, in the Warlords of Draenor expansion, at the end of Miss Pandaria, Garage Hellscream is overthrown as War Chief of the Horde by the combined force of the Alliance and the Horde. And much to like the dismay of Jaina Proudmoore, Jaina Proudmoore like wanted to like to slaughter all of the Horde like right there on the spot. Um, they make friends and then they take Garage Hellscream to Pandaria to stand trial. But before he can stand trial, um, he basically escapes captivity. Uh, through a renegade bronze dragon and travels and this is where we get the, the time jump stuff he basically travels to the world of draenor 35 years in the past prior to raise like a new version of the horde and as soon as they arrive on um draenor garage kills the guy who kind of who was kind of helping him out and then proceeds to change history preventing gromash from drinking the blood of the demon lord manaroth um he's like this giant four-legged beast thing. He's scary looking. Um, and this basically kind of rewrites history in a way. And so instead of getting like these, the orcs from the first and second war, we get the Iron Horde. So basically we have to kind of go back and defeat this new version of Horde in Warlords of Draenor. So do we like this time travel I personally didn't. I didn't like having to go back and kill the same shit I've already killed before. I thought it was dumb. I didn't like it at all. I enjoyed it for the storyline itself. 
the, the fact that you get to see a different point of view from what you didn't see before. Um, all the green orcs that you see, that you've been seeing in Warcraft for years, are actually painted orcs. The original color is like browns and blacks and, and dark earth colors kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when they drink the blood of Manoroth, they get it to help increase their power and size yeah. and, and war abilities, uh, which have been painted as the green. So we get to see them here and want to keep a more pure race to create a pure iron horde. Uh, uh, no fell, nothing like that. We create our own. We're slaves to nobody. It was, it's, all, it's always been about survivability. Yeah. That's all it is. They just want to survive. Um, even when they're not challenged, they still feel like they have to do everything to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the big thing with this, and um, it starts a new timeline. So like you kill stuff, but like you killed it like an alternate timeline. So it's kind of still alive and then kind of still like not alive. Um, but eventually, you know, we defeat, you know, the Iron Horde and then we move into Legion. So following the defeat of Archimon at Hellfire Citadel, because we had to go back to like some of the instances and some of the raids that we went through through Burning Crusade. Um, he's defeated in an alternate timeline in Draenor. The orc warlock, Gul'dan, who we've talked about a bunch, is transported back to the main uh, timeline in Azeroth. Then Gul'dan invades the vaults of the Wardens, a prison used to contain the dangerous beings across Azeroth. In desperation, the Wardens release the Eldari, the demon hunters that use fell power to help against the Burning Legion. Gul'dan... Uh, traveled to the nearby tomb of Sargeras and opened a massive portal, therefore allowing the Burning Legion to invade Azeroth once again. The demonic invasion spawned throughout Azeroth with both the Alliance and the Horde fighting to defend their lands. And at the end of the expansion, um, through a lot of infighting and, you know, main characters dying and things like that, the players go to Argus and basically fight against Sargeras and as they kill him or as they defeat Sargeras and the Titans are beginning to pull him back to um, Argus to kind of like stand judgment and and do all that good stuff Sargeras basically throws his big ass sword at Azeroth in like spite and now there's a big ass sword hanging out of Azeroth and this is important because at this point Azeroth is basically bleeding and as we talked about like Azeroth um has a rolled soul so it's basically bleeding this stuff called azurite which both the horde and the alliance are desperately trying to kind of amass because it holds like this power that makes you stronger and all of this stuff and it can be used in weapons and all of this really interesting things that each side thinks that they're going to use for weapons even if that might not be the case that's what both sides think so after basically the events after sargeras we have the all of the events that you've basically seen in the cinematic. So you have um, Sylvanas going to burn down uh, Teldrassil. Then you have the Alliance going to invade Lordaeron, uh, basically starting a new war that spawns the events that are going to happen in Battle for Azeroth, where we're going to get new, new races and things like that to kind of join in our fight. Um, so... Before the Storm kind of gives you kind of a good interplay of kind of like what's going on. And that's like the latest book that's come out. Um, you've read it, correct, Elvis? I'm pretty sure. I am i don't even know why I'm asking. Before the Storm? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love Before the Storm. It really gives you a good perspective on like what's going on. So essentially like Anduin and 
Anduin, who is the king of Stormwind, um, and Sylvanas basically find out that there is Azerite, and Anduin bring being like the priesty kind of like you know white bread goody bo- goody two shoes that he is like wants to use the Azerite to kind of um, bring peace and things like that, and Sylvanas wants to use it against the Alliance because she wants to kind of recreate um more forsaken and she can't get more forsaken and her people without dead bodies so she wants to take shit over and fuck shit up so she goes and burns down the world tree (laughs) wow Uh, which is like for me like I, i see like a lot of parallels like with like arthas and like garrosh like you hated both of those people but you're still doing like the same shit that they did back in the day so like are you really any better than either of them um. Yeah. Have you read the elegies yet? The what? The elegies. No, not yet. Okay, so the elegies are written by Chris Gold, the same one who wrote um, uh, "Before the Storm" and several other books for World of Warcraft. Uh, she's actually a good friend of mine, and she is now full-time staff at Blizzard. So oh, she now writes nice. full-on exclusively the story for World of Warcraft to help keep the lore in canon That's the whole cool. way through. So Holy now, crap. so the cool thing about World of Warcraft is it's not always just the kind of the story you get in the game. You get fillers in between, between the comics, yeah. between the books, and everything else. So the end of Legion leading up to Battle for Azeroth, that's where the story before the storm comes in. So you have a book that kind of covers some of the gaps between here and there. Uh-huh. Um, and in that book, there's a little bit of subtlety because there, you can't have void without light. Yeah. And you can't have light without void kind of thing. But they have one true common enemy that the void and the light are both terrified of that actually comes to fruition in Before the Storm. But it's so subtle, nobody realizes it. Oh. And I don't want to give any spoilers away right now. <laughs> but it's huge. And it does involve Arthas Menethil. Lich King, yeah. his sister, who was supposedly died back at Lordaeron when the uh, initial Lich and all the zombies and yeah. the dead attacked, she survived. Okay. So it involves her in a major, major way. Her name is Kalia Menethil. Um, so a bunch of badass ladies. Oh yeah, no, just one of it. So the elegies essentially kind of tell the story from both points of view, not just you doing the questing on the Horde side and the Lion side. Yeah. It actually gives you a real in-depth uh, reading to what's going on in the mindset of Alliance, uh, like Anduin and so yeah. on. Yeah. And the elegy for the Horde gives you a lot of insight to Sylvanas. So while Sylvanas is kind of an asshole, uh, very cold-hearted, uh, but she's like that because she was enslaved by the Lich King because he hated her. And death was too good for her. So he turned her into a banshee and supposed to be a slave for eternity. Somehow she was able to break the mind control. We killed the Lich King before she could. She actually jumped off the tower, the Ice Crown Citadel, to try to kill herself. She landed on a spike of, um... Mineral right now. Anyway, she landed on this spike, which had actually dried up blood from an old guy. At that time... Uh, the Valkyr came out, and they wanted her to be actually enslaved the Valkyr. The Valkyr can actually raise people from the dead. And I'm assuming the Valkyr is based off of the Valkyrie? Yeah. <laughs> All of it. Um, so, they offer their allegiance to her if she will lead them instead of the Lich King. But what they also did 
is one of the Valkyries sacrificed her life of eternity to save Sylvanas from dying on that spike. Yeah. So she agreed to it. So now she has a fleet of Valkyries that go around help raising the dead for her. So Sylvanas' whole thing now, it isn't actually about being this big evil asshole, which we all think she is, and I'm not too far from thinking that myself. <laughs> She's all about making sure her people survive. Um, because the undead actually approached King Varian Ren uh, and the Alliance to join the Alliance. And they said, no, you're horrible creatures. Because they only remember when they were just slaves of the Lich King. Yeah. And they just mindlessly attacked. Now they're free thinkers. Yeah. And like, no, you're disgusting. Go away. So that's why Sylvanas now leads the undead. That's why they're now part of the Horde. Because the Torrin saw good souls still within them. So the Torrin convinced Thrall to let them in. Which the horde is still kind of uneasy about. Yeah. So Sylvanas is doing this whole attack on the world tree because she thinks that King Anduin is actually going to take the asteroid and create weapons himself. Um. Um. And then just because we're kind of like running um a little over time, you might be wondering, hey, how do we have all of this information and how do we know all this stuff? Like all this stuff could, can't possibly be in the game. Well, some of it is, but a lot of it is kind of filled in with like Elvis was saying, the cinematics and the shorts that kind of come back in throughout um, the game itself and kind of the in-between set, um, portions that kind of date back to, I'd probably say like Miss of Pandaria where they kind of were releasing these cinematics that were really, really big that bridge stories. Um, and Blizzard has just always been really great at, using the cinematics back to Warcraft three, back to Starcraft, you know, they're really, really great at making these. And to Matt's question of like, why they won't just make a movie. I, I had the same one apparently cost a lot of money, but they also like waited 10 years to make release a movie that only did well in China. So, you know, <laughs> here we are. Um, and there's lots of books and comics. So there for Warcraft, there are seven books for world of Warcraft. There were 18 books and comics. There are about 30 issues across five volumes of um of comics so there's lots and lots of information and none of it's like game breaking like are you going to be able to quest not knowing xyz history definitely not but if you want to get that information it's there a lot like how a lot of these um, star wars books have kind of supplemented in- information in between movies that's basically how this is is has been working for the last you know 14 years or more than that if you go date it date back to warcraft and, and not to mention in game, um, you'll find little books around the game itself that actually have more bits of story and lore that you don't hear from actual, you know, in life books. In life books? In real life books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then real things. I don't know what an in life book is. I mean, words are all. So apparently, how an Elder Scrolls, how everything is like written out in the books that you can go find. And this is why Matt reads text. Yes, yes. I press it. Yes. <laughs> um, and that's kind of like where we're caught up to. Um, we, I mean, I didn't play too much of the beta just because I kind of wanted to be fresh with the story, but. Elvis paints a good picture of who's writing the story, and I'm very, very excited about it. Um, there is lots of... Alright, so we have some fan, but why those? Um, all these are from our Discord. Um, so, 
I don't know how you want me to read the names. So I just like read the names on the Discord. Yeah, just read the Discord names. And y'all, if you're listening right now and you want some people to come play WoW with, we have a WoW channel in our Discord. And I'm going to put the Discord in the show notes. And you should come join us and play games yeah. with us. And we all play on the Alliance site on Dalaran. So holla at your boys okay. and girls. I-, I will put all of our our server stuff information as well. And I'll be starting the Void site as well. No, Elvis. Yahweh. Um, So, all right. So we'll get through that. We don't have a whole lot, um, but I also don't know how to pronounce a lot of these names, so I'm going to be looking for some assistance. Uh, B-Girl Gymnast. So I always, like, read this as, like, like, I thought she was like yeah. imitating like a murloc. Like a murloc. Yeah. That's what I always thought like her her name was. And now I'm just, I want to go back to thinking it was a murloc name instead of B girl Gymnast, which is just a fine name. But I think the murloc thing fits more and is more on brand to this episode. Lean into the mic and repeat that murloc. <laughs> that is really good, actually. <laughs> Uh, so B Girl Gymnast says, I love, and I think that's her Twitter handle as well. So if you want to go follow her on Twitter, it's, I think it's the same thing. So I love WoW because it's fun and it's a stress reliever for me. Straight to the point. I like that. Burglar alert and ass. All right. Um, so Rain, uh, Rain dash villains for hire. I've logged 1700 hours over 12 years. You want the Reader's Digest version or the full version? Um, that's a lot of hours, first of all. <laughs> I wanted to go back before this episode and kind of like slash played on all of my characters I have, but I think I would just feel sad that there isn't enough <laughs> hours played. So then we have Sir Bestia RFP. I love WoW because I played it in a total of three hours in the past 15 years. <laughs> Two of those hours in the last week. Yay me. Uh, you're missing out, buddy. You could have had 17 hundred hours played in the last 15 years. <laughs> Elvis, where are you at? Uh, I don't want to know. Because <laughs> for me to look it up, I have to look at each individual character. Yeah, yeah that's why I, I have, didn't do it. I um, I probably have a lot of time. <laughs> like 14 years on that game from this release to now. Yeah, I'll go back and look, look at mine and, and see, where, see where I'm at. I probably only point for our last one we have Captain Yasserian. Um I've played some version of Warcraft since the demo and this is in capital letters D E M O. I think you would like we for to emphasize that part. For the first RTS came out, Warcraft Orcs and Humans. I've watched as they've fleshed out and expanded the lore with each and every iteration. Not only watched, but experienced it through gameplay. Warcraft, Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness, Warcraft 3, Beyond the Dark Portal, Warcraft 3, Range of Chaos, Warcraft 3, The Frozen Throne, and then into the beta in 2004 for World of Warcraft. And I've also been a non-stop subscriber since. I have all the collector's editions, the 10-year sub-statue, and a lot of time and money invested in it. The gameplay and Lauren brings me back. I've made a lot of friends through WoW and had a lot of good times. WoW always feels good to come back to, even for an hour or two in the waning days of the expansion. That's and cool. in, in his fanboy wire, he posted a picture of his paladin with a little pet and said, just to drain our 
paladin and her steward companion against the forces of darkness um and we put up a poll and at the time of this recording the horde had won the poll 47 percent to 43 percent which doesn't surprise me because i mean and they, that's all i got i don't know how y'all want to wrap this up but uh that's a lot of lore and we probably that's left a lot, lot out lore. but yeah Elvis filled in a lot of the um, holes in the skeleton that I put out, which I really, really appreciate. Thank you, Elvis, for that. Kate, thank you for all your questions. Um, Matt, thank you for staying on your rocking chair in front of your lawn, telling the kids to get off of it. <laughs> but more so, thanks for coming back to play World of Warcraft, even after the last episode you said you were going to. Um, to, kind of, to kind of wrap up officially, like, why did you come back? Since you know Which you two time? are playing again, I'm playing again. So like, why why did you come back? The this first time. this time or one this time or when I came back in fourteen. You we know? talked about fourteen on the other episode. This time, okay, this time. Well, one because I just been looking for something to play with everybody, and basically at this point, everybody that we know, basically between splitting Xboxes, PCs, and then game wise, this was the one game that was basically common for it to where I could play with enough people in general. Just trying to play with everybody. Like, yeah, there's other games I wouldn't mind playing, like a Final Fantasy fourteen. But then it ended up being either Kate and I with everybody playing over here, or then and nobody, or then if we played this game and, and so forth. I mean, I do still enjoy WoW, and I always have, but I just know there are other games that I enjoy too. What about you, Kate? I didn't want to come back. <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Um, and I, I honestly think it's just because, like, when I was sitting in that character creation screen, like, having played Bless and Final Fantasy. And like an all all of that, and seeing how developed and like pretty the characters were and the worlds were compared to like I guess it, I mean they're called tombs, so like it makes sense like the more like really like older style of what World of Warcraft is, and I understand why it's like that. Um, I was just like, man, I want to do this, and then I was like, man, I'm just gonna get yelled at by people for taking too long to do things. But I got a lot of stuff to do, and then I spent my first night on my pally, and I was like, oh shit okay, I like this. And then I came home the next day and I was really mad that we had to record because I was like, I just want to play with Pally. I don't want to do this stuff. And so the addiction begins. So, like, and, and it was, like, really just the same thing as Matt. It was like, we, like, Matt and I buy these games and we play them, but, like, it's only us, so we can only go up to a certain level because we don't have the friends or community to go run these games, like run like dungeons with and stuff. Like that's why we stopped playing um, Final Fantasy fourteen. And so like I like we both enjoy playing games together. So like finding one like I know that like if I fall off for a week, Matt can jump in and play with like Elvis and you and like other people. I don't have to worry about him just like not playing because I'm not playing. Um, and then I also get, like, a whole bunch of people, and it's a lot easier now because, like, everybody in our friend group's really nice, so everybody's kind of been helping me get through this stuff, like, at a quicker pace, um, because I don't have a lot of time to put into this game, but we all want to play together, so I'm kind of in it now, and I've been kind of getting the itches because I want I want to go finish my, my area, and after listening to all this story, I'm just like, I need to get off Blood Missiles. <laughs> well, which is why we put these turning up. Yeah. But I guess the one thing as well is, um, I the, a lot of the stuff that they do in this game, I do like. I don't know how much it's relevant anymore, but I've always enjoyed the fishing aspect of this game. <laughs> I 
I do enjoy crafting and in the battle pets because there is stuff I can do to still semi level up. But when you old man, Matt, like I've already tripled our game of war and fantasy. I like fishing. I'm already very excited when he caught his hundred fish. I've already tripled our fishing (laughs) in our guild already. I've already I'm over like two hundred. I just like. I just like click the fishing thing, and I'm like, "This is dumb. I'm gonna go kill a bear." Nope, I will sit there and fish. Yeah, but I know you like it, so as long as you're happy, I'm happy. Dad, you can make a lot of money off of it because people are like, "You guys are lazy." I've been trying. Yeah, to basically. See how well myself heals work and shit by just running around and training everything I can, and then seeing how many it takes to kill me. It's also how my armor was broken in the last dungeon we ran. Oh Jesus! Yeah, she didn't know about okay. that. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, and that's all I got. I mean, I only came back because I saw the cinematic, and I was like, "I'm I'm going back. I'm I'm coming. The cinematic is just too good. Like the original one that they, they released, I was like, I'm coming back, and that's it. And now that Stefani has a computer to play with, um, she loves World of Warcraft. Like, so like, there's literally like times like where we're eating dinner and we're watching stuff on like Hulu or Netflix or something, and she's like, "Uh, can we go play WoW now? Like, because she gets itchy, and so do I. So it all works out. So I don't get yelled at for playing too much World of Warcraft because she plays too much World of Warcraft. So it all works out. And we get to play with people from um, Stack Up and everything, which is which is nice. Because the best part of playing World of Warcraft is playing with people. I think this is why I stopped playing in Legion uh, because I didn't have anyone to play with. So. August. Oh, you never left. I never left. <laughs> Azeroth is home. Okay, why haven't you? I left? did visit Earth from time to time. <laughs> well, why haven't you never left? Um, besides the fact that I'm Jewish and I've invested so much money on it, and I'm not going to let back off on my investment. <laughs> um, the story is so great. It's so in depth and it's so intertwined. Um, I don't read a whole lot of, you know, fantasy stories too often. I, you know, I've never seen Star Wars or anything like that. But this story here has kept me in a quiet since 1994. Um, and just seeing it progress and getting deeper and deeper. And them actually creating a backstory to the current story of thousands of years ago, which creates more stories. Um, and just seeing how they keep everything in a chain effect, how this hit this, involved this, turn into that. Um, just kept my interest the whole time through. Uh, I've tried other things. I, I like Neverwinter. It wasn't bad. But it's something about WoW that's always had me come back. No matter what I, what, no matter what I do. Yeah, I feel that all this. Every time, like, um, not that I don't love playing with Matt whenever he decides to play a new MMO, but every time I play a new one, I'm like, well, this just doesn't World of Warcraft. <laughs> And then if I get really down to it, I'm like, this just isn't Star Wars Galaxies. And that's where I'll end it, because then I'll start talking about Star Wars Galaxies, and then we'll just relive me being uh, a little lit talking about Star Wars Galaxies. So, There we go. Take us home, Kate. Uh, Yeah, so this was our first revisit episode. So if you have any of... of, uh, If you have any episodes from our backlog that you would like us to revisit, go more in-depth... Go more in-depth on and kind of get that stuff that we had to speed through... Um, let us know. Message us on Twitter at ButWhyTheOPC. Email us info at ButWhyTheOPC. Uh, uh, email us on info at ButWhyTheOPodcast.com. Like, whatever method of communication, let us know and we can revisit an episode. Um, yeah. Elvis, letting everybody know where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at GamingDaddyO. 
Uh, or you can find me at snackup.org. My email address and everything is there. You gonna tell them about your Twitch channel? Yeah, you can find me on Twitch at Draken, D R A K K E N 737. Thank you for coming on, Elvis. You're welcome. Thank you. Now, thank you for coming on, Elvis. You're, you're a wealth of knowledge of. Um, you know the world of as the world of Warcraft more than I am, so I always like having bringing on guests who know more than I do. So the gaps are filled in. I think you brought a lot of great insight and info. So just play more, just play more World of Warcraft with us, and I'll be happy. Of course, I'll, I'll probably be honest as soon as we finish this. <laughs> My computer is not good. This sucks because I've just been sitting in this hotel room doing jack shit while Kate's on her PC. And it's then a Elvis- Mac, sir. Yeah, but you're doing whatever, <laughs> and then Elvis has been playing Overwatch and other games, and I got this shitty TV, and I don't even like TV. <laughs> my laptop's not Meh. Get off my lawn. Um, I will say this. This was a really fun episode, mostly because this is the first time I'm, like, not first time I'm out of my death, but, like, the first time where I got to see people nerd out, like, in front of me. I'm like, holy crap, this is what people think when I start talking about comic books and things. What you think you know about Star Wars is my equivalent to knowledge on Warcraft. No, I think you know more than she does. Adrian know. knows more Star Wars than I do. Oh, okay. Well, Comic then. books would probably be my realm. What, what, yeah. Whatever you know most knowledgeable about is probably my, my existence on Warcraft. Um, and we've left out tons of information. Yeah. Tons. I'm sorry, Elvis. There's only so much time. I know. <laughs> Look, trust me. I get it. We're trying to fit... You know, over 14 years of information in an hour. I get it. Which is why we're doing a part two for <laughs> Battle for Azeroth. So all I hear is the start of World of Warcraft podcast. <laughs> okay, um, as always, you can find me at Oh My Myth Randir on Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? You can find me, was it No Mark? No more. Can't pronounce. No more gone. No more gone. Yeah. <laughs> He's hanging out with the lepers. Don't care. <laughs>